Welcome to Driving the Sea Bus. Uh, usually, we have this uh, long-running podcast where we focus on the happenings in Central Ohio, how vibrant our community is, what makes it such a cool place, and uh, and all the different. Uh, we have people on on the podcast that have made a difference here in town uh, throughout the years, and we talk about all the success we had. Um, we're shifting gears with this uh, series of the podcast uh, in light of the coronavirus that has attacked the planet and the pandemic that we currently are facing as a country and as a world. We really talk about real life uh, solutions to your financial matters. Uh, so there'll be a host of uh, different folks on the podcast going forward uh, where we're going to get right to nuts and bolts about true uh, things that you should be doing. Uh, with your personal finances, your business, your investments, other kinds of things, all in the different podcast series with experts from Heartland Bank. Obviously, everyone does their business in different places. We're agnostic. We're here to help you. If you find that Heartland's a great fit, wonderful. If not, hopefully this podcast series will do you well because we are all in this together at CMAS Will Survive. Welcome to another edition of Driving the Sea Bus. This is our, our special coronavirus uh, edition of podcasts that we're doing. Uh, these are short to the point um, podcasts, you know, really uh, covering various aspects of the financial sector, trying to help all those folks in Central Ohio and Northern Kentucky uh, know exactly uh, what to do with their finances and, and, and to make some advice to get you down life's road. Uh, today, uh, on this particular episode, we have Alyssa Booms, who is Director of Branch Banking for Heartland Bank uh, and Vice President of the Bank. She's on the uh, podcast today. So welcome, Alyssa. Hello. Thank you. Uh, Alyssa, yeah, I know that um, one of the things with the coronavirus, one of the main things that's happening is businesses are being shut down uh, and they are, you know, people are required to work from home and, and we have limited services and, and things of that nature. Uh, maybe you can update us on kind of what the banking system is doing and how we're classified and, and, and are, you know, are they going to eventually shut the banks down? Sure. Well, we're definitely a, an essential business. So our, our doors remain open to the public and we're happy to serve. Uh, we do, we have um, had taken some measures in order to comply to social distancing and to the governor's mandates in order to protect our employees as well as the public. And a few things that we've done um, as of uh, last week was uh, we closed our lobbies um, just for limited access only. And, but our drive-throughs are still um, running at regular business hours. And we still have a staff inside of each of our branches from managers to bankers to CSRs that people are used to seeing and used to um, them taking care of them. So we have uh, run our, our, our staffs in there, but we do have limited lobby. We're, we are letting people um, come in on appointments to be able to access our safe deposit boxes. And if there's anything they truly need um, a person to person interaction with, but outside of that, we're able to function pretty regularly through the drive-through um, and service our customers that way. Gotcha. Now, if somebody, it, well, first of all, are we seeing that, that that's kind of the norm across the, the financial services landscape? Are we seeing that kind of nationwide? Absolutely. Uh, we have uh, looked across to, to see what large banks as well as other community banks like ourselves are doing, and it's pretty consistent across the board. There are some banks that are uh, 
um, closing some branches and um, some of that may be due to helping deploy their staffs um, to other, other branch locations. Some of the staff are affected by childcare and some other things that, um, that everyone's being affected by that they need to stay home. Um, so we are limiting the number of, um, of people at our locations as what we're seeing kind of the same thing at, at other banks are doing as well. Um, we have things in place that other banks also have um, in order to help customers during this time of crisis if they have an effect an adverse effect to their income or a job or to them their ability to make loan payments at this time. So we're also communicating that out through website. I see a lot of that at other bank websites as well. And trying to change our operations a little bit, such as being able to um, accept wires or get signatures different ways. And so we're going through all of those different operating ways and seeing a lot of banks do the same thing. So the banks are not shut down. We're very much open. We're just on a little bit of a limited face-to-face uh, -face contact. If somebody wants to get something done at the bank, like I need to talk about refinancing my mortgage or I need to, to look at a home equity line of credit because springtime's coming around and if I'm stuck at home, I might as well build a deck. Those, those services are, are still open. How? What's the best way for people to reach and reach the banker you know, during the during the uh the, the social distancing phase that we're in with the coronavirus. Sure, we are absolutely open and ready to, to help our customers and anyone who needs help. Um, I would say, you know, contact one of our um, one of our banking centers and they can get you in contact with um, whether it's a mortgage officer. They have loan officers there in the in the banking centers that can help them directly. Um, and we also have a client services department as well um, outside of our branches, um, and that number is listed on our website. So um, if they have someone they normally work with or they have a branch that's closest to them, um, please reach out. Those um, We have people inside of those branches who are um, answering the phones and helping customers and getting them to the right people who are, whether they're in the branch or out of the branch, um, working full hours and, and helping to service our customers. That's great. Um, well Let's shift gears a little bit. Maybe talk about uh, uh, you know, the way people should be handling their money these days. Obviously, um, you know, there's not a lot to do out there. Everyone's supposed to be home, and and uh, you know, social distancing, um, uh, walking is okay outside. They're, they're probably not out uh, spending a bunch of money shopping or doing other things, right? There. Uh, what should they be doing? You know, what are some smart money moves that that folks could observe during this uh, this time? Sure. Um, some of the advice that we're giving is, I think the first thing is just to make sure they have or they build a reserve fund, some sort of emergency savings. Um, hopefully right now, if you're not spending as much money on um, sports or entertainment, um, you have some extra money that you can put to um, a savings account or to a reserve account. Um, you may send some of that money to extra food and cleaning supplies, but um, extra if you've not built up three to six months of, of living expenses in a savings account or other such account, um, we definitely recommend doing so and starting to do so if you have not yet already. Um, if you're expecting a tax refund, um, definitely complete your taxes you know, as soon as possible. Uh, I know the deadline's been extended if you owe money, but if you can complete those taxes and get that money in, if you do have any extra, um, you know, we encourage you to put that into that reserve fund or that savings account. So again, you continue to build that up in case you need to use that and, there, and your income would be affected. Um, another thing we encourage to do is just to look at your budget and redo your budget. 
Um, if you've never done a budget before, it's really as, as simple as just make a list of your weekly and your monthly expenses, and then a list of your weekly and your monthly income, just to kind of find out how much, what expenses you do have, which ones you might be able to cut, and then how much you really have left over after paying all those expenses. And those are the, that's the money we want to put in that into that reserve account or that savings account. Um, we know that could change based on the situation or based on your income. Um, and you also may need to add expenses such as maybe additional childcare or some streaming services, you know, for additional access to information if you didn't have it. Um, but any extra, we, we encourage you to put that into um, that, that savings account. Um, be sure to review your credit card and, and checking account statements for reoccurring subscriptions. There might be some things in there you might be able to cancel if you don't have any cancellation fees. So just a kind of a good, good time to use that extra time to look through some of those statements and see if there's anything there that you're paying for that you may not need to. Um, and then I would say just, you know, obviously if, if you have lost your job due to the crisis, um, you know, you can apply for unemployment and there are um, state government websites that will show um, how soon they would get um, payments and how much um, so that you can incorporate that into your, your new budget. And I would just say avoid, you know, credit card debt and payday loans whenever possible because that could create a longer term hardship with, with higher interest rates and that type of credit. And then um, I would also, the third thing I would say is just check with your bank on current loans and your refinancing options. As Scott mentioned before, we are open for business. Rates have dropped um, on mortgages as well as a lot of other consumer loans. So um, check to see if it would make sense for you. There's a lot of different situations that, based on your circumstances, but we can talk through that with you and make some recommendations for you. Um, and, um, and as far as your current loans, you know, most banks now have some sort of program that would help with maybe even deferring payments or interest only that might be able to help if you have a hardship of, of paying your current loans right now. So this would be kind of the three things I would say would be most important right now. And that, that's, uh, why don't we just expand upon that just for a minute. There are, you know, people talking about mortgage relief. And um, you know, and, and small business relief and that kind of thing. Consumer loans also can be uh, have deferred payments or interest-only payments, um, and 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 help can be applied through those channels as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, I think many banks, in addition to uh, commercial programs that are out there, have also introduced consumer loan programs that um, allow options for deferring payments, interest-only and waiver of fees. So definitely check with your bank and see if there's anything that um, they can help you with with their current loans. That's great. Well, you know, and, and we're seeing that across the board, I think as well, but the, the entire financial system uh, itself is there to help clients. And, and while we're, maybe we could shift gears and just talk about the financial system in general, you know, a lot of folks are likening this particular crisis to the, the great recession that occurred back, you know, from, uh, 2008 to 2010, um, you know, what, what's the differences in the financial sector between, you know, then and now? And, and should we be concerned about the uh, viability of the financial sector? Sure, that's a great question. I think um, a question a lot of people are asking right now. Uh, I think I would just say, remember, this is a health crisis and it's not a financial crisis like in 2008. Um, ironically, looking back, um, as you look at going through the financial crisis in 2008, that's really prepared the financial system to weather this storm. 
uh, we are much stronger because of it now, because of all the things that were put in place back in 2008 after the financial crisis. And so really the financial system is much stronger to prepare for um, this this particular, whether it's a recession or a um, uh, a short-term, you know, hardship in the economy, uh, much stronger to be able to weather that storm. Um, according to um, the Federal Reserve's uh, financial stability report um, at the end of 2018, um, they state the reforms undertaken since the crisis have made the U.S. financial system far more resilient than it was before the crisis. Um, they also talk about um, that it strengthened the ability of the institutions to withstand adverse shocks and reduce their susceptibility to any destabilization. De 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 so um, the report sh is shows that um, we have stronger capital, so banks can continue to lend even a severe downturn. Um, liquidity is high. Um, according to um, the report, the eight foreign member institutions now hold more than 2.5 trillion in high equity liquid, liquid assets, which is double the amount from eight years ago. And then finally, they have stable funding sources, um, reducing the risk of, um, of any runs. And so they have um, just a lot more resources um, to withstand that they really didn't have, or maybe it, it didn't, they weren't as prepared back in 2008. And, a lot was learned in that period of time and we're stronger because of it. Now, the, uh, the, the obviously that we've covered this in a couple of the other ones as well, but the Federal Reserve and the FDIC and the OCC and uh, have all come out and said, you know, please work with the borrowers. Uh, yeah, they, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have any negative attributes for that. They're not going to penalize financial institutions for extending extending terms and credit and, uh, and clemency during this time. So that's all. All good stuff. Hey, let's shift to just a little bit about uh, accessing your money, and you know, a lot of things are different between twenty, you know, two thousand eight, and and now uh, twenty twenty. Um, you know, people can pretty much do their banking electronically now, right? I mean, so what what kind of tools and and uh, bells and whistles are out there now to help people manage their money without going to the bank? Absolutely, I think. Um... I would hope at this point every bank has um, a digital and electronic banking. I know, you know, small community banks do as well as the large banks. And so there's not just online banking, but mobile banking, uh, something that I use a lot, mobile deposit, able to, you know, not have to leave your home um, to be able to deposit a check that goes directly into your account. Uh, we also have, there's a lot of digital apps out there now to transfer and pay money. So you don't necessarily have to use cash and currency you know, Venmo and PayPal and Apple Pay are just some examples, but there's a lot of different, and sometimes your bank it, itself might have its own um, source of, of transfer and pay, whether internally or even externally to accounts outside of the bank. Um, ATMs are still a viable source. Um, obviously, you're, you're touching the surface every time you use an ATM, so make sure you you know, um, wash hands afterwards and be careful there, but it still um, has, has cash. We're still loading cash to ATMs. Um, and there's even um, for businesses, we have something called remote deposit capture, which, which uh, most banks would have if they work with commercial clients. And that just allows them to remotely deposit checks at their place of business. and They wouldn't have to come into the bank. So there's a lot of a lot of ways to access funds and money and transfer in, in today's world that you, you don't necessarily need cash. I would say about cash is, you know, as, as we've, I've work, I work with it every day, but it is dirty and there's a lot of 
a lot of um, people touch, it's a surface that people touch a lot. So it would be something that, you know, you don't necessarily, if you can move electronic, it's good for several different ways, several different reasons. Um, you still can have some cash on hand, but there's certainly ways um, outside of just um, cash that you can um, do your banking today. Yeah, it's amazing what, uh, you know, what calamities and crises, uh, you know, teach us and change the course of business. Uh, we have remote deposit capture because of the the crisis, the terrorist attacks of 9-11. Uh, you know, so that's uh, just one byproduct. What, what what do you think the byproduct of this particular crisis might be for the uh, for the banking system? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think that more people um, may understand how to access uh, their money and um, outside of maybe their normal um, normal ways of doing business. Um, hopefully, it, it reinstates the relationship between um, customers and um, and the banks. I think that's really, really important. You know, when a business is is having a hardship or a customer is having a hardship, and especially on the financial side, and they have someone to reach out to, you know, we hope that they have a relationship with that with their bank, and um, their bank, you know, has different options for them and alternatives and ways to help them. And hopefully, that reinforces just that relationship that that we have with our communities and how we can truly help them. Wonderful. Well, uh, Alyssa, I, want to, I really uh, thank you for all the insights that you've given us today on on branch banking and and risk and um, smart money moves and the safety of the financial system and the strength of the financial system. Any other uh, any other tidbits of information or comments you'd like to make that you think the listeners would like to hear? Just I think um, in some of the uh, small businesses, uh, again, they may be reaching out to. Um, to banks and um, just asking for help and, and looking for guidance. And um, in addition to just financial guidance um, to, that we can help to guide them on is, um, you know, providing reinsurance to their customers, um, using social media, using their online presence to, to help spread their message of how they're helping their communities. Um, they can help to provide more normalcy to people by, you know, there's, Uber Eats and Grubhub that really can help um, on the food on the food industry. But outside of that, there may be other ways that um, they can help um, provide that normalcy back to to customers um, through other strategies they have outside of um, outside of their regular business. Um, again, encourage them to reach out to their lenders um, to talk about short short term relief and what we can do to help to them. And um, and reaching out to their vendors and um, finding up if they can have deferred payments as well, or if they can defer payments to their customers. So just um, just some things that maybe we can help to provide guidance, not just financially, just just helping our businesses through this um, through this hardship um, as much as we possibly can. Gotcha. Well, that's what that's what community banking is all about. And uh, and I tell you, there's not uh, a better branch. Um, uh, banker than Alyssa Booms. Alyssa, thanks very much for being on the program here today and uh, appreciate your insights. And uh, thanks for driving the bus. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott.